In the Bible, there are just a few characters where nothing bad is mentioned about them. We looked at the life of young Joseph over the past couple days, and we saw how in the Bible, there's nothing bad mentioned about him. That's not to say he lived a perfect life, but he lived a honorable, integritous, and honest life. And that's what's pointed out about his life. Another character who lived similarly is Job. In the book of Job, we see that his righteousness was recognized by God. In fact, God asked the devil, have you seen my servant Job? He is a righteous, have you seen his righteousness? And the devil goes into how, hey man, if yeah, he's righteous right now because you've blessed him. He's living a good life. Of course, he's going to be faithful to you. But as soon as you take all of that away from him, he's going to be unfaithful to you. So God says, okay, try it. Test him. Do everything you, whatever you want to him, except don't touch his life. And so the devil does. Within a matter of days, hours, Job loses everything. He loses all his wealth. He loses his family. He loses all his possessions, everything that, that he had going for him. He lost it all. And throughout the rest of the book of Job, much of the, much of the book of Job is Job talking with his friends and he is explaining how he's done everything right. And he's not saying this from a prideful, kind of arrogant way, but he's kind of going over his life. He's kind of reminiscing and saying, I've done all these things. Why am I going through these problems? What happened? Where did I go wrong? And in chapter 31, verses 1, he says, I made a covenant with my eyes. Why then should I look upon a young woman? And as he goes on into chapter 31, he lists these different things that he has done to live righteously. And in verse 1, he says, I made a covenant with my eyes. Not to look upon a young woman lustfully, other versions say, with desire. What can we learn from just this one verse? Now, of course, in this chapter, he is talking about a a whole litany of other things. But I want to kind of zoom in on this one verse and analyze it just a little bit, looking at the life of Job. He says, I've made a covenant with my eyes. What is a covenant? In, In biblical terms, a covenant was a promise that was made between God and his people. God and his people. So it was a covenant that God said, hey, I'm the one that's making this promise. So you know that it's good. You know that I'm going to come through on my end of the deal. And Job uses that same word. He made a covenant with his eyes, meaning he will not. This is not just, oh, yeah, I want to do better or I I don't want to look at a young woman lustfully. No, I've made a covenant, meaning I've made a promise that I have. I've made a deal. I've made a promise that I will not break. I will not compromise on. I'm going to keep my end of the deal. And he says, why then should I look upon a young woman lustfully? So it doesn't give too much context into what what was the covenant that he made with his eyes. What was that promise that he made with his eyes? But we see that in order to not compromise on that covenant, on that promise, he says, why then should I do this? If I'm trying to do this, if I'm trying to keep this covenant with my eyes, why then would I do that? Why then do I look upon a young woman lustfully? So we see that he had this inner standard of purity in order to serve God, in order to stay righteous with with God, in the sight of God. And I always wonder, it makes me kind of think, you know, I, I pointed this out about the life of David. And in the life of Job, he says, I've, I've made a covenant not to look upon a young woman lustfully. And I thought about being in that time where I don't know what it looked like. I don't know how often Job would have had to come across this temptation. What did that look like? You know, I'm thinking back in the biblical terms where 
Society was not as connected as it was today. We have access to anything today. And the lack of access back in the day, what did that look like? And if Job had to make a covenant with his eyes then to not look at a young woman lustfully or a woman lustfully, how much more should we be making that commitment today? With all the access that we have, you don't even have to have access to the internet to be, you know, to, to, to have people, you, know, you just have to go to the store. You just have to go to your local supermarket. And here down in South Texas, you know, with all the, you know, I'm not going to get into the details, but you just have to go down to the supermarket to, to get a bunch of attractive women and, and men and people, just attractive people in general. How then, you know, how much more should we be making that promise today if they were making it back in biblical times? It always just boggles my mind. It's like if they were making that promise back then, if they were making that commitment back then, how much more should we be making that commitment today? Because within a, just a few scrolls on your phone, you have access and you, and you can visually view people, visually view more things than are the people who came before us, the generations before us could view in a lifetime. You can view within a few minutes. And it's crazy to think. So once again, how much more should we be holding ourselves to the standard? This was way before Christ came when Job was living. Way before Matthew chapter 5, verses 28, where Jesus says, you know, I, I say to you, it's not, you know, just, let me just pull up the verse, Matthew 5, 28, where Jesus said, I tell you the truth, you have heard it said that it's, you, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a young woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So this is something that Job understood. He says, why should I even look? And once again, I don't want this to be a, a, a weird thing where we're like, okay, I'm not going to look at any woman or anything like that. I'm, not, I'm just not going to look. That, that's not what it's saying here. It's not saying that you can't look at somebody or recognize somebody for their beauty. This is saying not to look at them lustfully. This is that leering gaze, the gaze that goes a little longer than it should. And guys, you know what I'm talking about too. You'll, you'll see, I feel like guys, we can notice a, a womanly a figure, like some curves and some shapes from a mile off. We can see it coming way off and we can just notice that. But to continue to look, to take that second look, to let our thoughts dwell on it, that's where we start to step into dicey territory. That's what this verse is talking about. Job knew that choosing the path of lust would dishonor God and compromise his relationship with God and with others. This principle applies to personal encounters as well as tempting images found in the media, television, movies, games, the internet, magazines. Christians must not deliberately expose themselves to images that naturally stir up lust. They must avoid unhealthy and disrespectful conversations and decent behave, indecent behaviors that do not bring glory to God and according to his word. This takes this verse takes it to the to the next level where it's it's not saying, oh, I've made a covenant with my eyes not to go to a certain place or not to hang out with a certain person. No, I've made a covenant with my eyes not even to look because Job understood that in looking, in taking that extra glance, in taking and letting his mind dwell on it, that's where this, that's where it all began. And this is what I want us to realize. In this battle against lust and sexual temptations, we have to realize that it all begins up here. What we watch, what we see, what we listen to, what we put into ourselves, what we talk about, what we dwell on, that becomes action. We're trying to focus, we're trying to change an action. But if we don't 
filter what is being put into us, then we cannot be surprised with what action comes out of us. And once again, not once again, I keep saying once again, I am not saying only don't avoid bad things. I'm also saying put in the good. Replace what you're normally consuming with something better, with the music, with the media, with the social media that you're constantly consuming. Either cut it completely out and or replace it with something better. That is the source. We have to go to the source. We have to go to what's, what's entering into our life and then replace it. And we can't expect there to be any change unless we do that. We can't expect there to be any change unless we filter what is coming into us. And by filter, that means filtering out the bad and letting in the good. The Word of God, as we read this in the, in the past, think about the things that are good and noble and worthy and praiseworthy. Think about such things. Because as we think about it, as we dwell on things that are holy and pure, as we block our eyes to the things that are impure, that are unholy, that are lustful, we will start to live. We will start to change from the inside out and our actions will start to flow from that. This is something that Job understood way back then in a time where he had almost none of the access that we have today. So how much more should we be praying that today? God, make a covenant. I'm making a covenant with my eyes today not to look at a young woman lustfully. You can't prevent a bird from flying over your head, but you can prevent it from making a nest in your hair. So I pray that as we go forward, let us pray that the Lord reveals to us the things that we need to cut out, whether that be a show, music, magazines, any form of media, group of friends, whatever it may be that we are consuming that is implanting seeds of lust into our lives. Let's identify those things, remove them. Then, let us replace it with good, with worship, with the Word of God, with good, healthy conversations that we're having with our friends, with better friends, with good friends, with good music, things that are going to enrich our life. And you will see that as you keep doing this, slowly by slowly, the things that you do start to change naturally as an outflow of the difference of the person that you are becoming on the inside. Amen.